Welcome, everyone, to the Sages Among Us. Nevada County has a legacy of rich resources, from sparkling rivers of water and gold to amazing scenery and recreational opportunity. But, like many places, it has its most amazing resources in the people who live here, particularly those who work to make a better place for everyone. The Sages Among Us attempts to find out who these people are, why they do what they do, and how their efforts make a positive difference for us all. I'm your host, Brian Buckley, and our guest tonight is very much engaged in efforts to protect the community from potential harm by keeping crime and criminals at bay. As Nevada County's District Attorney, Jesse Wilson represents the people of Nevada County when they have suffered the consequence of some criminal action. It is the District's Attorney's Office that charges individuals with crimes and prosecutes them in court. Uh, Jesse went to, uh, well, grew up in Sacramento and also uh, attended UC Davis and then it was uh, McGeorge School of Law, I believe. And uh, anyway, um, he's uh, here with us tonight. And Jesse, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Thank you, Brian. I'm happy to be here and I really appreciate the invite. Great, great. Well, you know, um, you are a, a native Northern California. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your growing up years. And I, and I have to say that you know, being a, a district attorney is a, is a pretty responsible job. So, you know, were you like a super responsible kid? So, I mean, I guess to, to depends on how far you want to go back, but to, to say I, I was a responsible kid, I, I wouldn't go so far to say I was a responsible kid or at least not overly responsible. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Sacramento, California, uh, born and raised there. Went to high school there, went to undergrad at UC Davis, and came back and worked for a few years, and then uh, was accepted to law school at McGeorge School of Law, so completed my, my uh, law degree at uh, McGeorge, again, there in Sacramento. Yeah, yeah. So you said you worked for a few years after uh, UCD. What did you do then? Well, graduating undergrad, probably like a lot of people, I had um, virtually no clue on what I wanted to do, so I uh, knew that I needed to work in order to uh, put a roof over my head and, and put food on the table, uh, even though it was just for me. But nevertheless, I needed to do something. So I ventured into various fields, including sales. Uh, I was a project manager and a purchasing manager at a cannery for a while. So did various things um, that weren't going too far. So at some point, I realized that I needed to get some career going. I'd always been interested in the law, so I figured uh, law school was the best way in some direction to, to get that career in, again, whatever direction it was going to go um, right, starting. Right. So, uh, you know, what was it like for you growing up in, in Sacramento? How would you describe your, your childhood? Um, I, I, would, I remembered it fondly. I mean, I, I grew up in a single-parent household with my mom. Uh, she was a career social worker, so she worked the majority of her career for Sacramento County um, in various levels of, of child protective services and went to school, um, you know, at different schools there, public schools, and it was, uh, it was a good childhood. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you're here in Nevada County. Were you, uh, did you ever visit Nevada County even as a, as a child, or uh, how did you discover this well, place? So I, I never, not that I recall, I, I, don't, I don't recall ever visiting Nevada County, although I didn't visit a whole lot of different places outside of Sacramento. So um, if I did, I don't recall it. 
but I came upon Nevada County during law school, again, not knowing, even within law school and even within law, not knowing what direction of law I wanted to focus on, uh, I did want to get some courtroom experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the opportunities that came available was to intern at the district attorney's office in Nevada County. So uh, I quickly figured out where Nevada County was and um, was lucky enough to receive an internship opportunity here in Nevada County at this district attorney's office. Great, great. Um, so... You know, looking back, uh, might there be some sort of a, a watershed event in your life, one that, you know, would represent a definite fork in the road for you and or, you know, just something that had a major impact on on everything since, on the person you've become? Well, that's um, certainly, I'm, I'm sure there were some watershed moments. If I had to reflect on some moments that, that impacted my path and, and led me to where I am now, um, I would say, although, you know, raised by my mom, my dad was certainly a big influence in my life and involved in my life, even even throughout my childhood and throughout my adulthood. Um, so I, I think a lot of the experiences in, um, with him, he was extremely interested in learning. He was extremely interested in politics. He was extremely interested in international politics and all the ongoings in the news. Um, and even at an early age, I remember having those type of discussions with him about what was going on just, um, you know, in... In, in the news media, and, and not just nationally, but internationally. So I think a lot of those discussions probably at least peaked or sparked my interest in learning in general, and then um, certainly in grappling with some of those issues on, on both sides of it. And, and there was no uh, one side or the other. I mean, we would just freely talk about a lot of these big issues um, from a lot of different perspectives. So I, I think that, in, in a lot of ways, probably um, led me to gravitate towards the field of law. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a great segue here. It sounds like your, your father was a mentor. Are there any other mentors in your life, you know, people who have uh, influenced you or affected your development? In well, I, I think um, certainly my mom. I mean, she was always extremely hardworking. She was always successful at work. She was committed to, obviously, in a public servant position, being a social worker um, for Child Protective Services. So that was something that I saw. Um, not, not so much that she would talk to me about, but something that I witnessed on, on a daily basis, her work ethic and her commitment to her job and how seriously she took, um, the, the, her responsibilities at work. So that was another mentor. I think my uncle, um, was another one. He's someone that was a small business owner and I saw him start from, you know, a, a literally a one room office with one truck for his roofing company and built it up into an extremely successful company. And, and I saw the way that he went about you know, not just the, the heights that he reached in his business, but the way that he went about his business on a daily basis. I worked, <clears throat> excuse me, I worked for him during the summers. So I got, to saw, I got to see from the ground floor how he approached his day, how he approached interactions with people, um, and how he approached his responsibilities from the, from the beginning, and then saw how he approached them at the end, and it was um, exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And it was extremely impressive, and so in a lot of ways, um, he was an, another important mentor to me. Great. Well, it sounds like you're one of those, you know, fortunate people that uh, the major mentors in your life were family members. And uh, that's, that, that's a, a lucky thing there, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's very difficult to really um, put your finger on, on how fortunate we are just being born in America, right. you know, just being born in the time I was and being born healthy and all that stuff. So certainly mm-hmm. there's just numerous, numerous, countless factors that contributed to me being um, fortunate and right. where I am now. Right. Um, 
So you mentioned that you, you went to McGeorge, and, you know, there's a lot of movies about law school and all that. Um, you know, what was law school like for you? What did, what did you take away from, from that experience, uh, good or bad? Well, I mean, I, I took away a law degree. I'm, I'm not, I wasn't particularly a fan of law school in general. I wasn't um, too happy about going back to school and being in the world of academia. And while I wanted to be a lawyer, um, you know, I wasn't at that point or even at this point I'm particularly fond of, of being back in class and having those assignments. As much as I enjoyed a lot of the subject matter, um, mm -hmm. school wasn't necessarily my thing. So I took away, took away from it a law degree, um, but, I mean, certainly you can't, um, you, you know, you can't put a price on the, um, the type of legal education that you get going through law school and um, really, again, just grappling with issues that are specific to a particular field in the field of law in this mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. is, is law school particularly difficult? Did you find it that way or not so much compared to undergraduate or something? You know, like, like anything else in life, it, it, things are extremely difficult if, if you're not particularly interested in the subject matter, don't have a passion. That doesn't mean if, whether it's schooling, whether it's your profession. I mean, I think most of us, our whole goal in life is to um, find something that we are passionate about, and then it gets a lot easier. So mm -hmm. law school for me was tough, um, not necessarily because of the curriculum or the subject matter, but just because um, I was kind of looking forward to being a lawyer, but not necessarily a law student. Got it. Got it. Um, well, you know, uh, what was some of your, describe your, your law career then, your, you know, basically what's prepared you to to become a district attorney? Sure. Well, I, um, it's always been in prosecution. So mm -hmm. I think that that is a um, experience in, in prosecution in particular is extremely important to being a district attorney because that's in effect what your job is, is to manage other district attorneys and manage an office in that manner. Uh, I started out as an intern, as I mentioned, with Nevada County. So I mm -hmm. went through that for a couple summers and I got to see what, what prosecution was all about. Certainly I wouldn't have pursued a field in the career if I didn't like it. So almost immediately I, I liked it uh, quite a bit. And, and really found my home in that area of the law. So after those internships, I was lucky enough to receive uh, an employment offer to be a full-time prosecutor at the Nevada County DA's office. And I started out in misdemeanors, as most prosecutors do, and um, spent a couple years there, handled a lot of cases, went to trial, uh, then started handling felonies, did domestic violence, did um, other serious felonies, and then at some point, was assigned the uh, sex assault caseload and handled that for a couple years in Nevada County before I then transferred over to El Dorado County where I was the um, main sex assault prosecutor in El Dorado County for a couple years before then returning back to Nevada County for this current position. Okay. So I've handled a, a wide variety of different cases as a prosecutor from minor cases to the most serious cases and uh, including trials and the like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as your experience uh, proves you, one could be hired to work as an attorney in a district attorney's office. Um, but the actual district attorney is an elected position. What was the impetus for you personally to, uh, to run for election as a district attorney? Well, first I was appointed. 
So the, mm -hmm. the first impetus was the opportunity that the position even came, came open. So my mm -hmm. predecessor retired midterm. He was an elected official when you retired midterm. Uh, the, the Board of Supervisors for a particular county, in this case Nevada County, can, can approach that in a couple different ways. In this particular way, they went through the appointment process, which is, has been done in other counties as well. They went through that, and you go through a series of interviews and vetting process and that sort of thing. And I was um, lucky enough, fortunate enough, to be appointed to be the district attorney. Now, why, why did I seek that opportunity? I, I think for a number of ways. I mean, as a prosecutor, you, you have a lot of discretion, a lot of, a lot of control over your own cases and how those cases are handled, all the way from the charging decision to the offers that are made to um, going to trial. A lot of these decisions, the interaction with the victims, if there are victims, all of these are, are um, something that you have control over. But those are just your cases. As a district attorney, you have either direct or indirect control over a much wider array of cases and to impart what you want the identity to be as the approach to prosecution for a whole office. And certainly that drew me to that. And then in this office, I had experience in the office. Mm -hmm. So I knew the inner workings of the office and I knew that there was improvements that could be made. And I believed that under the circumstances, uh, I, I was the person that could make those improvements. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you said that you have, you know, control over uh, uh, when you're the district attorney, your your stamp can be in the on the entire office or something, you know, along those lines. What what is it that you'd like your your stamp to be? What is it that you want the district attorney's office to to become? Sure, and and that's that's also you know a, a very nuanced um, task to, to to undertake for sure. I mean, I think part of my job is to hire people. And, and hire the right mm -hmm. type of people because again you you want your hiring professionals whether it's the attorneys you hire the support staff the investigators the victim advocates I mean this is truly even within the district attorney's office very much of a joint effort in this pursuit of justice and this pursuit of enhancing safety so what, what I try to impart is um, fairness is the equitable treatment of people that come into our caseload as far as what type of offers we make, what type of charging decisions we make, the prioritization of victims in cases, so providing as much direct service to victims, whether it's by the victim advocate themselves or by the attorney themselves, whatever we can do to help these victims navigate through this process that they, well, in, in most all cases, um, had no... Um, no bearing on being drug into mm -hmm. and a very and very much of a system that they is foreign to them is scary and oftentimes going through some of the most traumatic experiences of their lives whether it's themselves that were victimized or a family member mm -hmm. so prioritizing that approach um, here in Nevada County ha has certainly been something that I've that I've striven for okay you're listening to the Sages, Am uh, Sages Among Us on KVMR I'm Brian Buckley and we're talking today with Jesse Wilson the district attorney for Nevada County um, Jesse, one of the things the Sages Show is interested in finding out about people who have been civically engaged is what they get out of it. Now, obviously, you get a decent paycheck from being the district attorney, but as you look at that part of your life, what kind of sustaining satisfaction do you get out of the work you've done and continue to do? I, I think it's it's being part of a team that you know, from the, from the smallest case that we handle all the way up to the homicides that we handle, ha having a direct impact in a positive way on people's lives. And that goes back to, 
you know, the, the victims that we deal with, the victims' families that we deal with, and um, having an impact in a positive way on, on, on what it means to them to have somebody held accountable, to have somebody explain w- what their resources are, what recourse they have in this, again, system that is very foreign to them. So I think that is one of the things that kind of sustains um, and motivates me on a daily basis and, and has from day one. Again, mm-hmm. even on the smallest cases, dealing with people that are impacted by crime. And then the overall mission statement. I mean, I mean the mission statement of the office is to enhance public safety through vigorous prosecution in the lines with ethics and justice. So doing that and doing that, not just in any county, but here in Nevada County, um, is something that is extremely rewarding and certainly sustains me, again, on a daily basis. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned justice, and, and given that justice has become a bit of a, a rallying cry in the last several years, let's, I'd like to explore that whole concept with you for a little bit. Um, first, you know, what role does the district attorney's office play in the justice system? The district attorney's office plays a very large role (laughs) in the justice system. I think, you know, I I go back to the amount of discretion that we have as prosecutors, and and there's a lot riding on that, and there's a lot riding us doing it the right way and and doing it in a way that aligns with fairness and, and as you mentioned, justice. So... Uh, there's 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 a big role there for district attorney's offices, but it's also a role that oftentimes is misunderstood. I mean, this is a criminal justice system is is also a complex place made of many made up of many criminal justice partners. So we have the court system, we have the def- defense attorneys, we have law enforcement, we have the DA's office, we have probation department. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this criminal justice system, and we are a large part, but we are one part of that. Mm-hmm. And I think. Some of that misunderstanding comes from what role we play, um, and, and there's a lot of blame to go around, some of which should fall at our feet for sure, um, but oftentimes people mistake us with the person that actually sentences a particular right. individual or decides what their custodial status is or when they're going to be released or somehow um, lumps us into the legislatures at the state level that actually enact the laws that we are beholden to follow. So mm-hmm. we are a, a crucial component in this system, but um, you know we, we have other criminal justice partners that we have to um, work alongside, that we do work alongside here in Nevada County, and, and each of us has our respective roles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, having worked within the justice system for several years, has your own concept of justice evolved and if so in 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 what way in in what ways you know brian when when i said i stepped into this office as an intern in 2010 i didn't know much about the criminal justice system this was something new to me this was simply to get courtroom experience so certainly over the last you know 13 years coming up on 14 years there, there's a, a whole lot that has evolved in my understanding of the criminal justice system. I think even in those early stages of being a prosecutor, you are um, less, you, you, you realize that there's more than one way to go about what that mission statement is that you show up every day in order to try to effectuate, right? There's more than one way to enhance public safety. And I think your, um, as your knowledge grows, the, the tools in your tool bag grow, right? On how you want to get from point A, 
what you're doing on a particular case to point B, which is the mission statement of, of public safety. So in the beginning, it might start out as showing up to court and always asking for a jail time or this or that, and that being one of the main negotiating um, points of contention between you and defense. Over time, that may, that may evolve, and now you may be looking at other ways to enhance public safety. You know, mm -hmm. do we try to get this person re-engaged in the community through rehabilitative services, through specialty courts, some of those sort of things, right? So I think just as a prosecutor and also someone that's just opening to learning new things, you're constantly, constantly trying to receive information on the best way to effectuate the mission, right? Mm -hmm. And that is in some cases, right? There's always going to be cases where I haven't evolved at all. I'm still trying to put people away for as long as possible in prison, hopefully for life, they'll never be part of the community, right? I mean, that's a, a small subset of criminals, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, that is not evolved from my um, position, especially as it relates to um, child sex offenders and that sort of thing. I mean, that's never evolved. I'm, I'm right. Day one, when I stepped into this job um, as a prosecutor to today, uh, that has never changed. But certainly other aspects of how to reach that mission statement have evolved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh, let's What's the strangest case you can <laughs> recall dealing with? Obviously, you, you can't give all these specifics and the names and things like that, but uh, there's got to be some, some interesting items you've come across. Yeah, you know, I, I, always, um, I always look at cases that, that you know, I mean, it wasn't too, too far in my career. I mean, I think I was probably four years in or five years in before I did my, a significant stretch as a sex assault prosecutor. So those were more on the horrific side than right. interesting side. But, you know, going back to my time as a misdemeanor attorney, there were always wild cases where you're, you're charging someone with a DUI, but they've crashed the car. They were contacted, you know, mile up the road. And, you know, eyewitnesses are confronting them and, and getting into scuffles with them and doing citizen's arrest. And then the cops show up and you're trying to call witnesses to try to bridge the gaps between the time of driving and when they were contacted and did they drink afterwards and, and, and all of that stuff that comes up, um, usually mid-trial. Um, certainly, you know, there was, there was a case that we, we got a conviction on where there was no no chemical test, no breath test on a DUI at all. It was simply the officer getting up there and testifying how drunk this individual was that stumbled out of the car. Uh, and that was, you know, that was something that you didn't know which way that was going to go. Right. But, the, but the jury, you know, listened to all the evidence from, from that was presented during the course of the case and uh, found him guilty of DUI, even though there was um, no breath or blood test or anything to indicate mm -hmm. how drunk he was. But Yeah, uh, I, I would think that would be pretty unusual in <laughs> in in... The system, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, I, I think it is. I yeah. think it is. Yeah. Not, not a DUI case, but somebody being convicted with no, uh, you know, blood alcohol. A absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, you know, from your vantage point as a prosecutor and over the last couple of years, um, district attorney for the people of Nevada County, are you seeing any trends that are emerging, good or bad, um, in, in the community and, you know, what's, what's happening sort of in the, on the underside of the community or, you know, uh, even with all your justice system partners, you know, or any, what are some trends that you're noting? 
the trend that stands out the most is, and I don't think it's particular to the criminal justice sector or, or law enforcement or DAs or even um, defense attorneys and stuff, is just finding staffing for the positions. You know, I mean, there's right. just there's a shortage of staffing, and it doesn't matter if you're looking for staffing in a restaurant in Truckee or a prosecutor down in Nevada City. I mean, there's a staffing shortage uh, across the board in a lot of these public and private sectors. Even so, for attorneys. Even for attorneys. And Interesting. So, and, and I don't, I mean, I certainly have speculations, but not enough speculations to actually articulate that would actually, you know, be um, worth much. But um, that's certainly a trend in, in the last few years that, that is, has impacted us and um, continues to impact us, you know, and we're working through it. But that's something that's impacted us. I think the, the trend both on the state level, maybe more state than national, but certainly is this, is this trend towards rehabilitation over traditional paradigms of prosecution, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just locking people up, putting them away, trying to rehabilitate them. And there's been a lot of legislative chains to that front. And I think that is extremely positive in theory, right? Has it played out to be positive? Well, <laughs> maybe not so much. And I think that unfortunately, in, in not just the criminal justice, but in a lot of our service um, prov providers here in the county, we, we've been tasked with a lot, with the best of intentions, but not necessarily followed up at the state level who will, you know, pull a lever and act a law, and then we're waiting for funding to come in order to try to effectuate what their vision is, and it never comes, right? right? right. So that whole trend, I think, has put everyone in a bind in, to trying to make do with, with, with not enough. Right, right. It's fine to... Have a goal of rehabilitation, but you need resources. To, Absolutely, to do and that. you need the bed right. space and all that stuff, and, right. it, and the and the and the service centers, and it's just um, not not quite there yet. Right. Okay. Um, one of the questions we often ask people on this show, uh, you know, you you came to Nevada County a uh, number of years ago as an intern, went to El Dorado County, grew up in in Sacramento, but you've been in Nevada County uh, for the last several years. And what what are the salient characteristics here? You know, a lot of people say, wow, this is just an incredible place. And uh, whether they refer to the people, the art scene, the local um, recreational opportunities, uh, you know, what's your experience? What do you think uh, is, you know, sort of a major descriptor or characteristic of of Nevada County I think it's the people I, I think it's the people not just that that work in government sectors and, and positions that um, provide services but it's the people that don't even work in these sectors and still um, choose to provide services through some of the places that you've mentioned uh, certainly through um, nonprofit organizations I'm a Rotarian and, and it is impressive to see the amount of dedicated people that are dedicated to serving this community with little or no recognition simply just to provide service mm -hmm. and to do good and to help out other people and that that is not on a small scale here in nevada county that is on a large scale and being the district attorney coming in stepping into this position and organization after organization that invites me asks me what help they can provide is uh, really inspiring and motivating. And again, that's even from the county perspective to law enforcement, to service providers, to people that have um, 
no obligation to do this other than if you're in a position like I am to enact positive change in Nevada County or to help out Nevada County, how can we help you do your job better? And uh, it is extremely refreshing um, and, um, yeah, it's really humbling. So, uh, you know, you mentioned you're a Rotarian, and, and uh, that's another way you're civically engaged. I mean, your, your, your job is very public and very civically oriented. Um, you know, do you have any advice for people to, to get involved? What if somebody had, a, you know, uh, an interest like you in, in law? Are there any volunteer opportunities in, in the courts or the justice system, or is that something you really have to sort of go about uh, getting training for? Yeah, I mean, you, can, you can certainly, I mean, I know, well, I can't speak for all of them, but, but I believe a lot of the agencies that, that we work with, either in law enforcement or the public defender's office or our office, probation, uh, has space for volunteers, that's for sure. I mean, I think just in general, you know, what we try to, what we, you know, our, if our goal is to enhance public safety, um, really what that goal is is to is, is to make a better Nevada County. So it doesn't have to be specific to law enforcement or criminal justice, but if people want to be engaged, it's easy to get engaged here. I mean, you can, everywhere you look, there's some nonprofit that needs help mm-hmm. that, that is run specifically on the, the, the goodwill and the efforts of volunteers. So whether it's Rotarian, Lions Club, um, I mean, all of these organizations out there just do a tremendous amount of work and are, and are always, always looking for new members. Well said. So uh, not a lot of time left, but uh, I'm going to ask one other question of you that uh, we often ask guests on, on the Sages Among Us, and that's this. If, if you had a magic wand, Jesse, and you could use it to wave over the uh, community and, and make a change... What would, what would, how would you use that magic wand? What would be the change that you would uh, ask that wand to make? <laughs> wow. Um, well, I mean, if, if, if there's no limited wishes or anything, I mean, we'll, we could go on for a long time. I mean, I would say there would be, there would be no shortage of mental health facilities to, to service people in, they, in need at whatever spectrum they are of mental health services. There would be no shortage of beds for substance abuse disorders. There would be no shortage of um, daycare providers to provide free daycare for um, young children. I mean, all of these things. There would be no one that would be non-housed. Great, great, great answer. Well, Jesse, thanks so much for being my guest tonight. It's been really interesting for me, and I really appreciate you taking the time out. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Great.